That kid is back on the escalator again. Leave it alone. What? Comics. What are you? I'm Batman. TV and movies. Wrestling. And Music. We are just getting a podcast about things you actually care about, hosted by a couple of guys who actually care about those things, too. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Maybe a little too much. Yes. That's awesome. The talented one, Chris Machete. That no-talent ass clown became famous. And Brenton. You know, that guy from your other favorite podcast. I liked it. I was good at it. So grab onto the handrail and don't let go. This is the Kids on the Escalator podcast. Here's CM and BD. Yeah, stuff was moving around. I saw East Freely. New intro, new intro. Good job. Well, for the people watching, the people listening didn't get the new intro. Outside of the end, there's Ace Freely in there, and he's to my other side there. But in the video, in the in the intro, and and Slimer, and he came in, and he's moving around, and right. Stuff. It's cool. Right on. How's it going, dude? Dude, it is uh, Monday night. Yeah, I know. And uh, we were hanging out, and I am continuing to cause a ruckus on the internet. Can't wait. It's going to be a great, great week for me so far. Uh, anybody watching this show on my Facebook page, who's been weighing in all week on my show that's happening in a couple of days, this is not that show. Okay. <laughs> this show this is a different show this is where we get shut down different by different show. countries that's right we get shut down by countries on this show whenever we talk big, about wrestling big corporations so that's what happens there if i mention uh, anything about the wwe in like in a sentence we will get shut down it's, it seems to be a thing it, um, ted uh, our guest ted has lost power oh ted uh, which I thought was going to happen here because we were in the middle of some kind of typhoon monsoon thingy. I'm sure the internet people will correct me as to what the hell is going on uh, out here, but there's a major weather pattern and the whole, the whole province is flooding and people are stuck and they're flying helicopters in to get them. And it's pretty crazy. So uh, is it really that bad? Or it is really that bad. It's literally, it really that bad? Okay, it's literally I'm laughing over here. I, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't laughing at somebody who's on the roof somewhere in distress. Actually. Well, it's not. I mean, we're on the high ground, but I just yes. went and took my little guy to swimming. And then I w- went into this little town out here called Fort Langley. And on the way out to Fort Langley, there was a substantial amount of rain happening. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wow, that was pretty, uh, pretty crazy. And then all this flooding and all the rest of it. Now, I didn't get a chance to get that far ahead on my planning here when it came to showing this off so i'll do the old school style of but that's somebody's house there now there you go there you go so i don't know i got got to point out that you just it was funny that you said you're dropping your uh dropping alex your son off to go swimming as it's flooding you you, that's kind of that's not lost on me actually i dropped him this is where i dropped him i was gonna say you just just dropped him off there you go kid Take your, take your towel. Get your, Let's see what your, you got there. Get out there. On, buddy. What are you working with? Let it rip. That's right. Everybody watching at home and all the Twitters and the things, thank you for joining us. Uh, we're going to have Ted from Death Angel on in a minute. Uh, oh, so he, he, he can gets, get through? He's okay? Well, as soon as he gets on the internet, we'll get him on. Uh, right you on. Know, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the internet uh, down in his neck of the woods, but it's not working very well, he's telling we're me. We're good here in he's, Kingston, Ontario. We got some snow last night. Stuck around a little bit today, but it's all right. just makes it kind of more, uh, I work at home. And uh, mm. mostly I'm behind a drawing table for the most part. If not, there's uh, I have somebody I'm teaching around me, either online or in front of me. 
And uh, it's kind of cozy when you look outside and that snow's out there and you're just, you know, you got your coffee and doing your work, being at home. I like it. I like it. I'll take not the snow. It's been at least 12 degrees here today. And it is even though we are in some kind of hurricane scenario, Mm -hmm. it's warm. Mm -hmm. So everything's better when it's warm, even if, even if there's a major weather pattern, except for the people stuck on the highway. uh, There's been like mudslides. It's pretty crazy, but you know, again, um, a global warming doesn't exist. Right. So there we go. <laughs> that summer we just had, it's funny because the summer that we just had was like a summer in Florida. Hi, Lonnie. It, but it you, was the summer we just you, had, cause it was so dry. Right. And then all of a sudden right. you'd get this rain and it wouldn't be a lot of rain, but there'd be a little bit of rain. And it was just so like the intense heat. It was great. And I can remember uh, mentioning it to uh, a, a neighbor who I knew was very, very conservative. And uh, <laughs> I said, I was, I was just shooting the breeze with him. Right. Like, Hey, you know, nice day, nice weather. And I just happened to slip out. Yeah, she reminds me in, in Florida, you know, the weather that used to be like in Florida, you see in Florida. And he's like, oh, is it? And then it kind of clued me. He's like, oh, he's kind of offended by that. You know what I mean? Because I'm inching towards uh, global warming, whatever, which I was just making conversation with the guy. Everybody's offended by every. Well, I know, right? But I could, he's, he's a bit, I could tell because I know so, I, when you hear people, um, sometimes neighbors uh, get a little comfortable. You start to hear their opinions on things and uh that, that's a good, uh, if, if you, uh, you had a few beers, my friends, just be careful how loud you are around your neighbors. We can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have a red hat? Does, Does he have, have a red? No, this guy doesn't wear a red hat. Does this keep Canada great again? No, no, not that. I don't, I don't know if it's that, that far left or right or whatever that is, but. Uh, I'm assuming dangerous Dorothy and gracious Gary are watching. Dorothy, hope you're feeling yeah. better this week. Last week, I know you weren't feeling very good, but yeah, hope you're feeling good. Out. Yeah, you so, know what we uh, did do is we took them to a little flea market. Out, out in the Gananoque there. Um, you with the big words. Yeah. The Gananoque. Yeah, I got That's it. A yeah, tough so word. That's a tough word. It is, dude. I'm getting better here. I'm getting my, my now that I'm writing, I'm an actual, uh, I'm an actual writer, a published writer, self-published this guy. published writer. I got to, I, I got to spread my words around a little bit. Yeah. So we went to a flea market and then after that, we went to Boston pizza. I got some tacos. It's a good day. So she's feeling a little better. Her knee's getting better. But I think she was taking some medication that was making her just feel off totally. So I've got her on some new CBD oil that's helping her as well. It's a little stronger. So we'll see how that works. So she's out on the balcony feeding pigeons and stuff with bread, we'll know. Dorothy, rest up. All right. All right. Now, while we wait for Ted, you your Leafs, my Leafs, and my and the Canucks, which are terrible, we're going to get into Nerds on Ice uh, for a minute. And let's okay, do it. what the hell is going on here. So. Yeah. And Tavares is playing well, huh? Tavares, Tavares, whoever you want to. Yeah, yeah the Tavares, you, you called him to, you called him a couple Dude. weeks ago to. Uh, be the point getter for the Leafs this year. Be the point guy. And they're getting Kadri um, back at the trade deadline. I have not forgotten my my bold, bold predictions. Like, like if you're going to predict that Austin Matthews scores the most goals for the Leafs this year, come on, that's not stepping out there, right? I've made two right. pretty bold. Those are pretty bold predictions for a pop culture show anyway, right, Brent? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I think so. But I think we're right. I, I, mind you, my Colorado, didn't I, what did I say? Colorado Islanders final? Mm, or Colorado Islanders Florida. are really sucking the bag I this say Colorado, year. Huh? I say Colorado Islanders or Colorado Florida. Damn it. Mm. I have to go back into the archives. Well, but I if think you said I had Florida, I, you might be on it. Yeah. I think I had Islanders. I think I had Islanders uh, avalanche final, I believe is what I had in my predictions. And well, hmm. But Florida's uh, playing really well. You know who's not playing well? Avalanche. The Vancouver the Canucks. Oh, the Canucks. No, dude. Your Canucks are 
19 goals in three games. Wow. Well, that's how many that has scored on them? Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. How many goals scored against them that people don't understand, don't forget how many goals they scored? Right. <laughs> Which isn't very many. So, well, what, who's the, who do they have in net right now? They got Demko. And they got uh, Roman Halak. Or Roman Halak, sorry. Oh, Halak, I don't know Halak is. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's, it's not either one of their faults, honestly. All seven goals mm. are just a breakdown. Honestly, they've been playing. Mm. The goalies have actually, well, I know it sounds weird with 19 goals saying the goalies need to play better, but I don't know, man. They've been standing on their head already. So mm. just a bad, bad team. And yeah, uh, they're, they've been dropped down to 10% chance to make the playoffs. So wow. that's it for that. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I don't see. I don't know much. I don't see too many great players on them. I don't see Vancouver play a lot because of the television system, right? Or actually, and, and funny because last year I didn't really have the sports channel, so I, I would have seen probably a ton of Vancouver because it was all Canadian hockey. But I didn't see too much of that. Uh, their, their buddies, the Flames, are doing really well though. They got a good team, you know. And that's the coach, man. You get one of those old school Sutter Sutter coaches in there, man. Watch out! That guy's just got to stare at you the wrong way, and you're like, oh, sorry, dude. Sorry, sorry. I'll, I'll do better. Uh, I know, but old school, I mean, there's no old, old, old school coaches left. Like, like they're all, they're all, he's they've there. all been me too'd. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's not offending anybody, but he's just a no shit coach. You know, you, you this here, here's how you play hockey. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's time. We got a guest. Oh, cool. I see him. I see him Great. in the waiting room. He's hanging out there. He had some Come internet on. stuff uh, about to release a brand new record, which we're going to mm-hmm. talk about uh, as it's well. A live album? Uh, we'll have to ask him. We got a brand new called the Bastard Tracks. Look at there that. it is coming out and uh, going on a big giant tour with three of your favorite bands. Three of yeah, your dude, favorite I, bands are on I one tour. Up, I grew this up. This has to never all happened this to area you. Thrash stuff, man. That's what I grew up listening. This has to. never happened to you. But uh, he's here to say hello. Welcome, Ted from Death Angel. How are you, sir? Hey, Ted. Good. How are you guys? Sorry about that. It's funny. I was trying to sort things out and I unplugged my router. <laughs> all good buddy freaking out yeah but i'm here how are you guys we're doing great man how are you i'm doing well you know could be worse Mm -hmm. are you no you're just beneath me right you're in the bay area but we're like yeah we're under like a massive like it's terrible up here right now trees right now in vancouver like where i am it's just that whole pacific coast maybe all the way maybe it stops at you but i'm telling you it's anarchy up here right now there's floods there's it's madness it's crazy and it's all happened in the last 24 hours so wow i mean we did have that big like what they call it on the news atmospheric river that came through the big one it really drenched like we had like you know california man when you say you know it rains people freak out and it's a shower (laughs) (laughs) but you guys in the east coast probably have it pretty bad in vancouver up north i guess it's like from like the border of california and oregon and up that's when you guys get most of the crazy rain it gets a little ugly up here but i'll tell you i was saying to chris earlier like i um i I was saying to chris earlier like uh, no matter how bad it gets it's still 12 degrees here which is warm you know in canadian and i'm over i'm near toronto i'm in kingston myself so i'm i've just got like a we just had a touch of snow last night but other than that's just cold and you know normal canadian weather where i'm at in kingston gotcha we love canada man we have great shows in canada you know vancouver at the rickshaw toronto last time we played toronto Correct me for Lee's Palace. Yeah, Lee's Palace, buddy. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and we played like the Opera House nice. and whatnot. And you know, the Opera House is a great room. Get, yeah. yeah, and when you get to Montreal, you have like three venues in like Kitty Corner. Was it uh, the Metropolis, uh, Fufoon, and Club Soda? 
Look at that. I know my venues. You do, buddy. Montreal's <laughs> got a good thrash scene. Montreal does yeah. have a good thrash scene. Yeah. But we love yeah. you here in Canada, dude. I uh, We got some fan questions for you. And I myself, sure, I've sure. been listening to Death Angel since uh, since the ultraviolence. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've, I've been around. And I, like, I grew up listening to the Bay Area Thrash, Testament Exodus, Death Angel. I remember seeing, uh, well, I think it was Nuclear Assault, Testament, and Slayer at, uh, wow. yeah, at the concert hall in Toronto way back in you know, the eighties. And that was, that was such a great show. Like, like just not, a, there was not a wasted moment on that whole night. It was just fantastic. It was great. Hey, so I, I grew up listening to your music, buddy. It's funny. Like those, the, you know, I'm glad I lived those times, but it's never happening again. No. Right. <laughs> right. That just, scene was know. so strong, dude. And it changed, it changed the scene of metal, like big time. It did. It did. You know, I mean, you know, in the eighties, from the 80s i could tell you from a fan standpoint because i was in the crowd it was just a scene that was so new and so fresh and just the vibe there you know mm-hmm. what i mean it was it was incredible you know people seem to dig the bay area scene but the bay area people seem to dig like the uk scene the german yeah. scene and you know it was just this shared love of metal from you know different continents it, it, it it's a great time but i'm glad i lived it and it's yeah. never happening again. <laughs> Ted, you, you went from being a fan into a band, which doesn't happen very often. A lot of bands, uh, you, you hear about it occasionally. I know with Allison Chains, they found uh, William, I think, through another band that was playing and they were doing a bunch of Allison Chains stuff. And I think like that was like the perfect fit. What's that like uh, for you? And Newstead, I think Newstead was a fan of Metallica and then joined. So what yeah. was that? What was that like for you as a fan? And then and then how do you get that call to come and try out and then act, ultimately make the band? Mm-hmm. You want the long story or the short story? <laughs> We've got three hours, Ted. We've got so, lots no, of time. That's buddy. all good. You yeah. just take your time. Gotcha. Cool. Whatever, gotcha. whatever, however you want to tell it. Go ahead. All right. Hey, I, I've been a fan since the demo, Killers One demo, the demo nice. that Kirk Hammer produced that got him signed to Enigma. And the first time I saw Death Angel, I mean, I've heard about him, th- of course, the Bay Area scene. It's pretty small, but known, you know, you hear about, you know, this is pre-internet. A lot of it was word of mouth. You know, I had friends who were into that scene before I got into it. You know, word, you know, gets out. Oh, you ever heard this band Violence? You ever heard this band Legacy and all that? Mm-hmm. And of course, you hear this band Death Angel. They're like super young and, you know, and like drummer was me and the drummer shared the same age, you know. So yeah. that was really fascinating. And, you know, what kind of really hit home is, of course, they're Filipino. I'm Filipino. So that made me kind of like, I got to check this out. I heard the demo. I thought the demo was crushing. Then I bought the Ultraviolence and I was like, whoa, man, this is very intense for a bunch of, you know, teenagers and whatnot. They were so young, right? Yeah. They were young. I think Andy was like 14 when he recorded, 13 or 14. And um, the first time I saw Death Angel was uh, July of 87. It was at the Stone in San Francisco. It was Death Angel, you know, on the Ultraviolence, you know, record release show. It was Violence on their demo 86 show. They didn't even have an album out. And there was this band from Fresno, California called The Trail. So I went to go see that show and, you know, been a fan since. You know, I saw them on all tours. Um, Saw them on Ultraviolence. I saw them on Frolic. I saw them twice on the Act 3 tour. Then, of course, they broke up. Then I got to know them when really well when they formed the organization, which was four out of the five guys in the band. Mark went to New York to, you know, he quit music, went to New York, uh, lived a different life. And the four guys formed the organization. And that's when I kind of get to know them. And, you know, I've known them since throughout the years, you know, just seeing them at shows, seeing them at after parties and whatnot. 
and um, around like late nineties, early two thousand, Mark formed Swarm with Rob and Andy. It was a rock and roll band, and um, hard rock band. And I was in a band at the time called Sift, which was kind of like uh, we were like kind of like Neurosis and Alice in Chains, kind of like that new metal wow. stuff, you know, mixed. And our both of our bands played the bay area circuit a lot you know we separately and together so you know we got closer then then of course the infamous thrash of the titans uh show that um the benefit for chuck billy yeah you know he put that together and i remember um you know seeing it unfold you know one band at a time you hear like anthrax legacy then all these bay area bands started to get together then all of a sudden i heard death angel reformed for that show and I remember Rob giving me a call. I was at work at the time. I used to be an IT guy at oh, a wow. at a in 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 women's handbags called. <laughs> you know, I used to work for a women's handbag company. Yeah, in 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 the two th- early two thousands, I was an IT dude rebuilding servers and you know getting people's laptops and PCs and Macs mm-hmm. ready. And um, Rob gave me a call at work and goes, "Hey, dude, did you know?" Death Angel's getting back together and we're doing this trash of the Titans benefit. And I actually told Rob, dude, I saw that. If you need any help lugging gear in or yeah. need a guitar tech, I'm willing to help you out because I want to see the show. And he actually said, dude, we, we're going to ask you. We want, I want to ask you if you want to jam with us because we got a hold of Gus, original guitar player, and he was living at the Philippines <laughs> at the time. Mm-hmm. And Gus was not into it, but he gave his blessings. So, ah. you know, did that gig. And 20 years later, here I am now. Nice. Yeah. That's been an amazing feeling. You're out. Yeah. You got pressure. You got to play the parts, right? You gotta- dude, we, <laughs> dude, hold on a minute. We only had two rehearsals. Wow. <laughs> really? Two rehearsals. Put it this way, because I went, I remember getting the call from Rob, and that night I went over to where they were <laughs> rehearsing his band, Swarm, with Andy and Mark. We were going over the songs with um, that Rob was thinking of playing at the show. Mm-hmm. Then they left for two months, Swarm, because they went on tour with Jerry Cantrell. Oh, when Jerry wow. Cantrell had that his band with Degradation Trip, his album and whatnot, they yeah. did the U.S. for two tours. I mean, two months. And that they was came a solo. Back. It was a solo band, right? Exactly. And speaking, yeah. jumping on that, I guess William Duvall's band comes with the fall. That's the band that right. he was in at the time. So Rob and Mark and Andy came back. We rehearsed two days and boom, we did the show. And here we are 20 years later. Wow, kept <laughs> I, haven't, going. I haven't officially gotten the, hey, you want to be in the band? You're in the band. <laughs> it was just like we did one show. Then all of a sudden, we're going to do another show in Holland. We're going to do this tour in Europe. We're going to write a record. And it just, here we go. <laughs> There's a story for you. That's great, buddy. I love it. I love. It. Well, congratulations. Thank, on all thank that, you. Too. That, thank that's you. amazing, man. Thanks, man. It's uh, it's been a ride. It's been fun. You know? Do you get to take the Grammy credit then? You'd be like, you guys were nominated before I joined the band. Yeah, uh, dude. That, I, that it, it's a trip to find not that you know we were nominated for a metal band. I mean, for a metal song. Who who would have thought? I mean, the, I mean, there was bands that got nominated. I know Machine Head got nominated. Slayer won. Megadeth won. But we didn't think. With this album, you man aside, we were going to get nominated. We were just going on tours, going about our business. Then we get the word. We got the word in Calgary at Dickens Pub. Jeez. 
But that would have been when was that? That would have been like before 2019, the, just before the shutdown, then, right? Yeah, 2019, because we went yeah. to the Grammys in 2020. Then we went to Europe with Testament and Exodus for the bass tracks back for February into March. Then we came home, and right after we came home, it was the shut. It was the start of the pandemic. <laughs> Crazy. So it's new record time. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. ish. Yes, the yes, bastard the tracks. Exactly. I love that cassette. Look at that cassette right oh, there. The artwork's always Dude. great too. I Dude. love the album covers. So uh, Chris, why don't you ask an art question and then we'll get into the music question on the bastard. Well, I was going to say, I got, well, I have a fan here, um, a, a viewer that would like to ask a question. Oh, there you got, is that a cassette of it? Cassette. Hold Look on. Let me, let, me, let me bring that up for you. Stand by. Oh, Look yeah. at that. For Hold those up. watching at home, for that's those? a cassette. <laughs> side A, side B. And wow. Let, let me just, um, Come on, man. It's been a while since people oh, have. Yeah. Oh, that looks cassettes. great. Now, are they more expensive to produce now? I, I mean, I, that seems like a dumb question, but I, I am curious because I, you got to kind of search for these cassette makers, right? Um, you know, I don't know. The, since the label manufactures them, I wouldn't know, but it seems like people are. It's weird. People are just selling cassettes. I don't know if they're just buying them to keep them or they're actually playing them. I am not sure. You know, I mean, I guess it's a thing with metalheads or, you know, the maybe the hipsters or whatnot. But, you know, it's, it's, you know what I think it is, Ted? Now, I think it's a collecting thing. Um, people are so passionate about what they're into these days that they yeah. want to be completists with it. You know what I mean? Um, like I got some Kiss collections here that it's like I, I got to make sure that I have the inserts on all the albums now from from back in the day, the posters and the stickers that came with the Kiss album. So, yeah, I think it's just when they're into you, man. They uh, yeah. they want everything that you could put out, right? Dude, I, my, it's so, a trip. Speaking yeah, I, of Kiss, I, I, I know. Speaking oh, of Kiss, I know somebody yeah. who buys Kiss stuff, even if it's I got this because they misspelled something. Oh, you yeah, know what I mean? Mis- yeah. Are you that? Are you that type of Kiss? Fan? I'm not that. Fu- I, I just need it all. <laughs> I don't need the misprints and the odd stuff. I just got to have yeah. all the basic stuff that when I was a kid, gotcha. you know, growing up listening. Like, okay, I got the original pressing of vinyl. Blah blah blah. It's like that's it. Yeah, I get yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. But I like to have the posters with the with the albums and, you know, um, yeah. I, I'm lucky enough to have like the sticker from Rock and Roll Over with that and the the little gun from Love Gun, that kind of stuff, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I get yeah, it. That, that's hard. But to you're get. not going to buy multiples of certain things because it's misspelled or something new in there. Or no, probably or not. Comic book wise, I might because I'm a real comic book head, man. You should see my collection. It's insane. But but Kiss album wise, probably not. Get, before we get into the bastard tracks, you speak of comic books. Yes, I do. I do a live stream called Alive and Streaming, and I interviewed this band called Bonded by Blood in L.A. Okay, yeah. And the singer, he's a big comic book fan, and he happens to have the original number one pressing of Spider Man. Oh my gosh! Wow. So that's that's the one with the Fantastic Four in there with Spider Man. I guess he goes. He has it. I'm like, dude, how did you get it? And I, I mean, I could be wrong if I, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. His teacher gave it to him if he had good grades. Whoa. And now, he doesn't, been a much to, now he doesn't have to work again. He doesn't have to yeah. work again, right? I told him, hey, dude, don't tell me where you live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Chris, what is, you, you were talking, we, we did this the other day, a, a bit of a deep dive into Chris's collection, actually, on, on last week's show. What did you say Spider-Man number one was worth? 
Oh man, I had it's all written down. I'm not good with numbers, man. I can't remember, but it just sold for it broke a record. Um, first, it was the action number one Superman comics, um, wow. but that sold on on an auction for the most money. Oh, I, can't, I sorry, I'm terrible. I with numbers. You said something um, along the lines. Of, like, it wouldn't be like four million, right? It'd be like four hundred thousand, or would it be like four in the millions? Do you think? Dude, I can't remember. Like yeah. honestly, like numbers. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But that's, so Spider Man is the biggest selling and biggest money making comic book. Now wow. it, it, it he's holding Superman. on to it. I go, that's your retirement if the band doesn't yeah. make it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I, my collection's pretty immense too. My daughter wants mine, so I promised it to her. But I've got like you know X Men number f- number five. I've got Daredevil number seven. Like some wow. real like like nineteen uh, sixty books that are really really awesome. And and just for therapy, sometimes I just go and leaf through them. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> that's cool, man. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. So so I got a, a fan here for you, Ted. Sure. So um, this is from Jeff Lamers. And he's in Woodstock, Ontario, Canada, not, not the other Woodstock where the big concert went down Okay, in Wood, Woodstock, Ontario. And, uh, it, so Jeff, just to let you know, he's, he's got like, he's got, uh, he's got all your, all your music, but he also has it all on vinyl. And, uh, nice. I, I, I've seen some of his collection online, man. It's immense. So, and he knows, he knows how long you've been in the band and everything. He, he's kind of given me info on you guys, which is hilarious. So, so Jeff Lamer's out there. What big fan. He uh, wants to know, obviously, if you have any Canadian dates coming on and also, um, he wants to know what what is his most memorable moment in the band since he joined. So, wow, that's a good question. Let me answer the, uh, the Canadian dates. Yeah. None at the moment with okay. this whole situation that the whole world's in. We don't know about going in and out of Canada. We don't know what the, what's what it's like. Understand at the moment, you know. I mean, things could change from now until. You know, that tour happens in spring, April, yeah. May. Who knows? It, uh, some dates might be added. You know, Canada might go, Canada might open up and go, come on in. Who knows? But as yeah. of now, no plans to get into Canada. We hope to get in there because we had, we had, we always have great shows in Canada nice. without a doubt. You yeah. know what I mean? And plus, my guys like poutine. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, you know. We have a store here in Kingston. It's just it just sells poutine. That's all they sell. It's, it's Beaver Tails nice. out here in Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> Vancouver, man. Uh, getting to Vancouver. Before I get to question number yeah, two, yeah. Vancouver, man. Rickshaw. What is up with that neighborhood? Well, that is the downtown east side, my friend, and that uh, is the Walking Dead live. If anyone wants to kind of come and check it out, Um, that is basically, well, it's down by Tent City. Um, Interesting. So basically we have a terrible homeless problem, which I'm assuming that you also have down where it's, you know, people move to the West to go to, to base. Well, first people move to the West to be, to be homeless and to be warm. Um, If you're homeless, why not be homeless, you know, out here? where yeah. it's warm. And so there's that, but there's also a really bad drug problem, uh, as we all know, and that happens in every city, not just Vancouver, but it is very prominently bad here. Uh, however, we have a program, uh, and a place called insight here where you can actually get like, you know, a dose, which is a medically grade dose of, um, um, methadone, I believe that allow you to function throughout the day, but it's, it's mm-hmm. like any other kind of prescription drug or whatever it's regulated by the doctors so it's a massive massive problem and the rickshaw is right in the middle of it mm, so you're wow. load in and you're load out it's like the front the thing is that group is pretty harmless like i i know it would sound suspect unloading gear and think that it wouldn't be stolen and and, and pawned but um i'm sure it happens but any of my experiences at the rickshaw have been pretty everyone's been pretty respectful to the point where some of the people from that area will actually help load in 
<laughs> wow. People and people they'll just pay them and they'll help load them in and and that's all they want. But that's what's happening in that neck of the woods and and the rickshaw does all the is basically the metal gig in town. So that's yeah, where everyone yeah. plays and it kind of fits now, doesn't it? <laughs> it yeah. kind of fits to be down in the down in the the dirty parts and all the rest of it. Metal doesn't do so oh, well the jungle. in the yeah. Yeah, metal gives, doesn't do so well in an upper east side apartment building complex. It gives it? it vibe. There's vibe to it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's history. Yeah. So what was that question? The other one was your most memorable moment since joining the band. So wow, yeah, I know, so, right? There's so many memorable moments. I bet that, there you know, would be, my friend. But if I had to choose, you know, I mean, I'll just I'll give some memorable moments. But the the most memorable, I believe, is the journey. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? Yeah. The journey from the start till now. I mean, looking back, I could give you highlights. I mean, of course, Thrash of the Titans is yeah. one. My first gig with Death Angel. Then uh, my first overseas gig with Death Angel was at in July of 2002 was at the FNR in Eindhoven and the mm-hmm. Dynamo Metal Dynamo Open Air in Holland. You know all the tours. I mean, there's so many. I mean, going to different countries, South America. You know, we did Asia, Australia, Southeast Asia, Australia. You know, we toured with Slayer. Yeah, uh, so many, man. I mean, I was gonna say, was there a band that you toured with and and you opened for or, or shared the stage with, and you were like, okay, dude. My, you know, musically, as far as my life's complete now, you know, like if I, if I was to, to open for kiss, I'd be like, Whoa, okay. I, I could retire after that. Okay. I don't have to play any more shows now. Uh, you know, open for kiss. Was there a band that you played with or shared the stage with or open for that was like that for you? Um, uh, or are no. you still looking for it? Still looking. No, the one band would be Metallica. I wanna, ah, I, you I'd guys haven't played us. with Metallica. We have, we did yeah. their uh, 30th anniversary, uh, right. as a band. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong; those were great, and you know I'll die happy. But I'd like to do a world tour with them. Ah, uh, okay. That would kind of like, okay, I'm done. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's like for yeah. me the cream of the crop. Right. You know? So they had or the big, kiss. they had the big four before. They had the big four with all of them before. It would be interesting to actually. I think a really fun tour on the Metallica side would be all the bands that the other guys were in, as well as produced. So you have like Exodus oh, out there with like basically yeah. Exodus out there. You guys out there, suicidal out there, and it's kind of like the current state of Metallica, but it started with, with this. And these are the bands that got us there. I think that would be really cool to do too. I think it'd so. be really cool. I mean, I've seen arguments about big four, big five, this and that, you know, just leave it at the big four. I get it. The, you know, those were the bands that were the most successful in the eighties, late eighties into the nineties, leave it. You know, all the other bands haven't reached that big of success. That's why it's called the Big Four because of because of numbers. I get it, but it, you know the metal elitists, if they want to get technical about it, yeah, there's other bands that deserve to be there. If it was another band, it'd be Exodus. I think that would deserve to be sitting at the table with the Big Four. But it is what it is. You know, what I mean, I'm not going to argue about music. You shouldn't argue about music. <laughs> I totally <laughs> agree. I would I would it. rather yeah listen and jam and have a beer with somebody than argue yeah. about it, buddy. I cheers yeah. on that, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Let's okay. You, if that what is that what you call it? Big four. Cool. Why? Because of that. Cool. Whatever. Let's just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's in, especially metal. I mean, metal is great. There's so many fans that are so open minded. The 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 unity is awesome in metal. You know, you go to a show, everyone slamming, pick each other up. You know, you got everyone from all around the world, especially at festivals, getting together, enjoying music. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, sometimes it could be like pretty harsh on bands. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You get what I'm saying? 
Totally. Like, oh man, I don't like that band because like, come on, man. You know, I used to be that way, mm-hmm. but now I'm, you know, life's too short, man. Enjoy the bands for who they are now. Cause they may not be around tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like you're a kiss fan mm-hmm. and, um, you know, everyone's kiss this, kiss that. You know what, dude? Yeah. Dude, they should write another love gun. It's not that era no more, dude. No. You know, they're not that age. Enjoy them for who they are now. If you want to listen to Love Gun, put on the record. Yeah, buddy. Yep. If you want to listen to, you know, that feeling of Kiss Alive 1 and 2, put on the record. You know what I mean? You know, then usually when people pass, you know, musicians, they're going to be like, oh, this and that. Oh, man. That's why I enjoy all bands for who they are now. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Speaking Enjoy. of who you like, what guitar players influenced you when uh, when you were younger? All the rhythm players. You know, oh yeah, that's interesting because usually people are like, players. oh, you know, like you know, Ace Frehley, Eddie Van Halen, Ying V, stuff like that. You so know, I, I, you I, could expand on that. That'd be great. All rhythm players. You know, I had an, I had a older sibling who got me into music and went on playing guitar, but I was always drawn to like. I mean, I do like the leads. I listen to leads. You know, I would go, oh man, he's a great player. This and that. But rhythm's hard to play, man. And I have to tell you, the king of all rhythms, James Hetfield, for me. Nice. You know what I mean? I mean, that dude, not only his precise rhythm playing, but him in general. I mean, his lyrics, his riffs, the way he sings. I mean, To keep that chug going. Just to keep that dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And while he's singing and, and, you know, like, that's hard on the hands. People don't understand that. It is hard. But when you listen to, like, not only his hand, his right hand chugging, his guitar tone is massive. I love his guitar tone. You know, yeah. he's the king. He's the king of crunch to me. Mm-hmm. But when you listen to what he say, what he sings, his lyrics and his phrasing, mm-hmm. no thrash band could get that good. Right. You know, like for example, Master of Puppets. I think is the best metal album of all time. I agree. To me. To I- me. I- Oh, I agree, you know Ted. I mean? Totally, totally. Yeah. And listen to the phrasing and the lyrics, how it's, you know, he, he puts time into writing his lyrics where all, nothing against all other albums. I love them. Rain and Blood is awesome, but it's pretty intense. You yes. know, Peace Cells is good, but it's intense. But something about James, you know, his his timber, the way he, his lyric writing, the way he approaches things. He's just heavy metal superhero, man. Yeah. You know what? Do you remember when Master Puppets came out? Yes, 1986. I saw that tour. They came to San Francisco with Ozzy on the Ultimate Sin tour. Oh, that would have been a oh, the Ultimate Sin tour. I loved that album, Ultimate Sin. It's there. I, you know, I have to go back and listen to it, but I think it's everyone has their, um, what's in metal. We always say Cold Lake, Celtic Frost, Cold Lake. Mm-hmm. But I guess in rock, just so you guys can understand, everyone has their Theater of Pain album. Right. Yes, yes, Theater of Pain, yeah. Okay, right, yeah, yeah. Right. Everyone has their Theater of Pain record. Yeah. So I think Ultimate Sin is that. But, they yes. were, but Ozzy was glam. huge on that. You know? Theater I love glam metal too. Yeah. But that, it was like that era when, when, when I remember when Master Puppets come out and it was just, it was so perfect. Like it was it just was. disposable heroes is, is one of my all time favorite metal songs of all time. Um, and, and it's when I tell people that they're, they're kind of disposable heroes, really. And they're kind of thrown, not master puppets. Like, well, love master puppets. Like what a great yeah. song. I couldn't imagine singing and playing that whole song every night and then doing the rest of a Metallica set. You know what I mean? But just disposable heroes, man, something about the lyrics, um, the way the guitar is like a machine gun. I don't know. It's just 
I think that's the perfect metal song. And that album, man, there's not a wasted moment on that. And I think what a, what the timing on that album, Ted, huh? When that came yeah. out, it was just like, okay, boom, here you go. Here's your new playing field, right? They were they were ahead of their time, especially when you listen to songs like when you listen to the song Orion. Yes, mm-hmm. you know with the with the oh, with the classical inf- Oh man, you know we could go on and on, but yeah, that's that's to me that's the holy grail of metal. I, I just finished up writing. with uh, I just finished I up with um, Megadeth and Lamb of God and all those guys, as you know, Ted. Yeah. Um, one of the th- things that I really noticed on this because I was watching each individual player and all on all the rest of it, and you know I'm not a guitar player, I'm a drummer in my past life, but um, Mustaine's rhythm. Oh, his playing. His, oh, yeah, his his rhythm playing. I was like. I really honed in on on watching him play outside of watching him play solos, which is whatever. Like um, solos are solos, and, and amazing. Anytime that you guys can pull one of these off, they're incredible to me. But watching him play rhythm and listen to it, it was perfect. It was really well mixed, and listening to it every night, actually being able to hear his rhythm play. It's you know, and I don't think we're tracked. For any, I think it was all live for the most part, but um, I'll tell you, that guy is a hell of a yeah, rhythm man. player. He is, dude. He his rhythm playing is like lead playing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's very intricate. There's, he he does some really cool stuff, man. You know what I mean? It's it's total Megadeth. You know, when you think of Megadeth, it's Dave Mustaine. You know what I mean? He, I mean, look, he's had so many players come in and out of that band, but. He's the one that writes the songs, and when you hear him play, you you know it's Dave Mustaine, and, yeah. and it's really cool to know that. With like with the older, when you hear not older bands, but when you hear players, and you could automatically tell who it is. You know, what I mean, they don't have to be flashy, they don't have to do like a thousand notes per minute or all this flashy stuff for pages and whatnot, but just certain bends and feels and the way they rhythmically pick and strum. I think that's awesome when you could tell who it who it is mm-hmm. right off the bat of just you know the guitar tone and how they play. It's awesome. And, Same and thing that's with not drummers. really happening anymore. It's not really happening anymore. No one knows who anybody is anymore. It's and you know, I was, I was, that's a good, a good thing to bring up. I was talking about that with somebody. This day and age with technology, it's it's. I think it's just from my view, it's a blessing and a curse. You know, mm. with the Pro Tools, with the plugins, I could get technical with the Kempers and all that stuff. People go, I want to sound like that. I want to sound like that. Everything's on the grid, which is great. Nothing wrong with it. But, you know, all the earlier albums, I mean, we could sound old. Everyone wanted their own style. You know, I no, I want to use that producer, but I want my sound. I don't want no one's sound. Everyone seems to want people's profiles or plugins or I want the same drum tone as this guy you know what I mean mm. that's how I look at it right. I remember I talked to Garth Richardson about this he produced Rage's album and Chili's and stuff like that and I remember asking him he goes oh bands you stick he goes the problem is when you produce a, a hit record is that everyone comes in and they're like we want to sound like like this or we want to sound like that and some some stuff is time stamped as far as what albums and records because you know uh, what they sound like because you know master of puppets that sort of like 80 early 80s late 70s early 80s production um yeah. was i don't want to say the same but it all it had you can definitely tell of the time and then then it was the next thing and then it was the next thing and it was the next thing now it's just such a process scenario that i kind of go huh 
well, that snare doesn't sound any different than that snare. So now it's really, it's production used to, production used to be a big thing. Production was a thing where that would, to, you know, kind of separate the record. Even if you had shit songs, if you had giant production, people would make their way through it. Yeah, now, yeah. everything's kind of sounding the same. So you got to have really good songs or you're just falling into everything else. And that's what I've been noticing anyway. So I, I totally uh, hear you, man. Like, well, you know, back in 80s, even the 90s, when the band puts out an album, you could tell that it just sounds different, even guitar tones and drum tones, because I guess it depends on the song or the producer or whatnot and the vibe but i i like that i like the change in sound per album but the identity of the band is still there that's what makes it unique nowadays like you mentioned brett like yeah hey, that snare sounds the same the same i guess it's just with technology we got that snare it sounds good cool move on you know cut right. and paste blah 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 you know it's just like now back then it was like a lot of push and pull people were recording on tape you couldn't cut and paste unless you were cutting tape <laughs> mm-hmm. you know so you know a lot has changed you know it's a blessing and a curse you just got to roll with it and figure out what you want and what's best for you yeah definitely definitely what's your favorite death angel song to play live the moth off the, the evil moth. divide yeah nice that one it's just something about it just 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 want to i just want to jump in the crowd when i play but i can't <laughs> <laughs> i can't but I, I like it that 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 one's my current favorite that's your favorite. I love it. Right on. Right on. You're gearing up to play some shows, right? So uh, you guys haven't been out since the pandemic hit. Oh uh, yeah, we we did a festival. You did some shows. Okay. We did a fest aftershock festival. It's the Dan Wilmer presents. Yeah, oh yeah, Danny Wilmer. That, yep. Yeah, Danny Wilmer. It was in uh, Sacramento. It was our first show in front of a live audience since March 10th of 2020. Wow. That was the last time. It was in Brussels, Belgium. That was the last live show. Then we did Aftershock in Sacramento, which was October 6th. October 7th was the Aftershock gig. And uh, our next show is November 27th with Testament and Exodus at the Fox Theater in San Fr- in Oakland, California. Nice. Looking so, forward to that, I bet, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, hometown gig with these guys, it's, it's yeah. going to be fun. Oh, it's the place will fun. explode, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it'll explode. And it's like, like I don't know, 20 tickets shy of selling out. Yeah, we sold. So I bought some tickets for some friends. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? You know what I mean? Why not? That's going to be a good show. That's going to be a good show. I'm a fan of all those bands. That's great. Hopefully, that things will turn around and that will come to Canada because that would be, again, like uh, me going back to the the 80s when I was a kid and, you know, going into getting dropped off in Toronto there and going to see the shows with like three solid bands that Mm -hmm. I I loved. Yeah, but three solid bands that keep putting out music, which is a big deal because Testament's last record was deadly. Mm-hmm. You guys yeah. last record, you got Grammys and now you got a new oh, one. Like, like you guys are all putting out, all these bands are putting out great stuff. And I, mm-hmm. I love that because some people, to your point earlier, Ted, about Kiss, it's like, does anyone want a new Kiss song? If it's really, 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 really good, people will be like, yes. But a lot of bands get away with putting out songs because of their name. So, and I don't mean that, other, like I'm not saying kiss would do that or, or whatever but mm-hmm. some bands go yeah. oh here's the new here's the new song by us and people go it's great i can't wait it's like yeah. is it great well i think kiss stopped have stopped evolving right. whereas bands like death angel and testament are still evolving you know what i mean um i think yeah, you guys like I, I think there's still there's still yeah. room to take that that thrash sound that would that came in in the late 80s there and 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 still go through with it and and make it sound bigger and meaner and that's what i'm finding from from your new album 
uh, and also from from Testaments New Album Ted, but I'm finding a lot of the uh, older stuff I used to listen to from that pocket, that thrash pocket. It's sounding big, and I like that. Um, a lot of albums you hear nowadays are very small sounding, if that makes sense. Um, but but uh, your albums have been huge, and I like that. Metal should Thank punch you. in the head. You know what I mean? It it shouldn't be this small little sound. It should be should be wide open, massive. And that's why I think a lot of thrash bands are doing today. You know, I've been thinking about, you know, that subject you just brought up, Brent, like, you know, dude, does Kiss really want your album out or mm-hmm. does any band? How, how would I say this where it doesn't piss people off or you'll get it? Uh, we're not in that tax bracket. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, it's a different yeah. situation. You know, they're mm-hmm. in a different. Um, yeah. Uh platform than we do we don't know what goes behind the scenes where they go you don't need to put out an album go ahead put out an album or we don't know it's big business where for us we're still like we still have that lower tier compared to the big band so we still kind of have that hunger you get what i mean like we're still starting out type deal but not so i mean we're still you know trying to claw our way and trying to fight our way to to the mountain where people are already at the mountain so you know, I guess that sense of it's being, a great point, right? And that it's, sense of like, should we or shouldn't we? We're already here. They're kind of like comfortable. We're we're still trying to climb Mount Everest and we're tired, but we still have the strength to do it. And the frustrations coming out in the music. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you're you're still full of piss and vinegar, and they're yeah. using piss and vinegar on their salad. So it's a, there's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I try, totally big difference and i try to see it from a, a, a different perspective mm-hmm. instead of, you know when people go why is your album still why are you guys still heavy and fast and you're evolving most bands don't i mean you got to look at it from a different view you know you know mm-hmm. if we were up on the mountain maybe our albums may not be as brutal or something because you know we could be comfortable we could have our lives could change and who knows you know when your lives change maybe your music changed too Rock and roll is supposed to be angry, right, friends? And you can't be angry if you've got a quarantine in a giant pool uh, with, you know, a 15,000 square foot mansion and you can have food brought in and all the rest of it. Some of the best music ever is going to come out right now because everyone's barely surviving. They're just getting by on food. Some bands, and I'm not talking about your band in particular and whatever, you've been nominated for a Grammy, but this is perspective. You've been nominated for a Grammy. You were up again, you know, in a Grammy, but you're still clawing and fighting your way through the situation to, to keep that career going and, and, and do the whole thing. And I think that's a perspective that people need to take into account here. And that's the reality of the business of it. Yeah. I mean that, you know, I was watching this, um, Joe Rogan, I'm a big Joe Rogan fan, and I watch his podcast. And he had a uh, Snoop Dogg on, and he says it's it's show business. If you if you could understand both show and business, you'll you'll be where you want to be. I've always felt it's ninety five percent business and five percent show. So you got to make the five percent really really good. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I mean, I guess it depends on who you talk to. You know, you know yeah, totally. You know what I mean, it depends on who you talk to. You know, so. It's 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 a crazy time we're living in right now with this pandemic and mm-hmm. the landscape of the music changing. Because right now, you know, I mean, of course, you guys remember vinyl, then to see vinyl cassette, then the CD. CDs was huge. Now it's like the downloading, then yeah. streaming. 
is king right now. So having to go through all those processes, you know, trying to pivot and change and adapt is it's hard to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Really um, hard to do. Tell us about this, the bastard tracks. Oh, yeah. the bastard tracks. Yes, yes, I love talking about the bastard tracks. Um, it's a uh, we did a a, a, a stream, uh, a broadcast in back in June at the Great American Music Hall in San Francisco. And the reason why we did the Bastard Tracks is, you know, last, uh, was it 2020? In December of 2020, we normally, every December, we always have an annual Christmas show in San Francisco. That's what, that's our thing, you know, to end out the year, close it out in our hometown. We couldn't have one due to the pandemic, so we broadcast it, we streamed it. That went well. And come January of this year, you know, we were on, you know, in touch with our agents in Europe and in the States and we didn't, there was no kind of touring plans at the, at that time. There was no touring in the foreseeable future. So we were sitting there going, what are we going to do, man? There's no touring. You know, we could write, we could record, but we don't know when the world's going to open up and we don't want to release an album and not be able to tour. So we decided to do another stream and we decided, why don't we, do something different. Why don't we play songs we haven't played in so long, songs that we never play and songs that we never played at all. So that's what the Bastard Tracks is, you know, songs that don't get enough attention, never get attention. And, you know, some fans always, you know, when we're on tour, fan, why don't you play this song? Why don't you play that song? Well, we only have 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like the album's for the fans, Ted. That's awesome. Pretty much. That's, yeah. you know, when, you know, it came, to, it was an idea that I brought up to the guys and they were into it. I, I kind of, you know, when I'm, when I do things for Death Angel and come up with ideas for Death Angel, I kind of see it from, I kind of look at it from a fan's perspective because I'm a fan. Right. I'm there like, what do, if I was in the crowd, if I was not in the band and Death Angel, I would love to see them play songs that I love. They don't play. I want to hear it. Bastard tracks. Play it. And we had, we brought in a film crew, Maximum Flavor out of San Francisco, who filmed it, you know. And with the Bastard tracks, it's an audio CD of the show and a Blu-ray. And we kind of went, you know, we seen during this whole pandemic, a lot of people started doing streams. You know, uh, Trivium did one, Suicide Silence. I know Corn. A lot of people doing streams of just the show. With this one, we wanted to do something special. We did songs, like I said, we did songs we haven't played or hardly played, and we told stories about each song, uh, memories of the song, mm-hmm. either what it meant to us, you know, what the song's about, what happened, you know, what happened in recording, what it, you know, just behind the scenes stories. So, you know, when there's a couple of stories, I go. I, I remember hearing those stories on the road. I go, you should tell that story if we're playing that song. So there's a backstory. So you kind of, when you hear the backstory, you kind of hear the song in a different way. You yeah. get what I mean? Yeah. So we wanted to do that kind of like a little storyteller's vibe. Do you go into your CD collection or record collection and go, hey, you know what? I'm going to listen to Death Angel today. <laughs> no. <laughs> like the, old, the first album. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Only as a fan, as a fan, you're like, put yourself back in there. Like, be like, oh yeah, I remember no, that song? <laughs> it's funny because when we play older songs from the 80s, I, I, some, it's so like um, uh, autopilot playing them. Right. That sure. Sometimes I'm there like, Oh, I remember when they played this at that show. <laughs> it just runs through my head. You know what I mean? Is there an old one but, that's one of your favorites to play, Ted? 
Um, I like playing Stop off Act 3. Okay, yeah, yeah. Great the second song off Act 3. Ultraviolence, I like playing uh, Mr. Supine. And um, and I'll frolic through the park, uh, Guilty of Innocence, which is about one of the bastard songs, bastard tracks on the new CD. Nice, yeah. nice. Chris, you, uh, we got some fan stuff there, and we'll let Ted get Oh, I did. Here. I asked the fans questions there. Great. Awesome. Are you going to kick um, me out already? No, not at all. I just <laughs> worry of your time, buddy. We could probably talk for days and days and days yeah. on metal stuff. I could, go, no I could go another half hour if you guys want me. So I'm good. We're good for anything. I, one yeah. of the questions I wanted to ha- have. Okay. Sure. So you already answered the Metallica thing then with as far yeah. as Master of Puppets. But um, if you, uh, let me put you on the spot then. Oh, if you got shit. a top five, mm-hmm. what's your top five metal go-to records then? In this particular case, in no particular order, unless no you order, but just they're 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 your five metal. Okay, uh, let's uh, go with metals to start. Okay. Then we'll get into classical. Uh, um, I, I uh, definitely Baroque. go with uh, Death Angels Act Three is one of them. Master Puppets mm-hmm. would be one. Death Angels Act Three, I think. Uh, Slayers, Rain and Blood, um, uh, Megadeth, Peace Cells. And dude, there's so many good albums. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, Exodus bonded by blood. Nice. Some thrashy metal picks you got there, buddy. Dude, I love metal, but you know, I'm not thrash. But then again, you know, metal encompasses everything. It's hard. You know, I grew up thrash metal, but also I do like the priests and the maidens. But I'll tell you this: the priests and the maidens I grew up with, but it feels like those were my older brother's collections. You know, right, I mean? yeah. I, I've heard of them through them, and I love them. Don't get me wrong. I've sat down, listened to it with his friends, and you hear it through everyone else. But Metallica and all them is something that I discovered myself through my connection, not through an older brother or older sibling and their friends. So I have more of a connection to that than to the maidens and priest and the kisses and all that. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I did like them, and they were always in my life. But Okay, so that's a good question. That's a good question. You discovered Metallica. Chris, who Mm -hmm. did you discover? Yeah. All on my own? Yeah, just like I had help with Iron Maiden. I had help with Ozzy. I had help with a few of those things from my older cousin. And then I discovered Here's the thing. I was so I was born in Toronto and then I'd moved around a lot in my life. And uh, we were at this stage, I was in a small town called Ingersoll. And I, I was more the one that people were going to to um, wonder what kind of music to listen to because I had relatives in Toronto. I was always going to the city. Um, if we we're going to a concert, I was the guy who knew about the concert and my dad would drive us there because he'd go visit his, his relatives or whatever, right? So I was more the go-to guy for a lot of this. Stuff. I was always the guy getting a Metal Edge magazine and looking ahead to see. Uh, I can remember going to see. Okay, well, Guns N' Roses, man. I remember going to see Guns N' Roses open for Iron Maiden in uh, at the CNE Stadium, and uh, Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction wasn't even released yet, and Guns N' Roses was almost booed off the stage. I can remember Axl Rose telling everybody, "Don't you like dancing? I'm going to dance up here for all of you." And he, you know, he's derogatory terms and stuff he would Axl would use back in the day. Um, but I guess Guns N' Roses would be the big one that I discovered. But again, that's not really a big thing if you consider the situation, right? Like, you know, I was, my, I was pumped into Toronto, man. I knew it was going on there from relatives and, and just wanting to escape the small town. But uh, that, that was wild though. Seeing guns and roses before the album come out and that whole scene hitting. Cause that changed a lot of things too. Um, but maiden was amazing. Of course. I think that was the somewhere in time tour. Maybe I think 86, 88, 
Yeah, it would have been. I I think so. Right around there. Yeah. Well, Guns. What the, the Guns album was? What eighty? There's debate that it was 80, 86, and then and then at the album itself, I think, shows 87, doesn't it, as the copyright on it? So it's a weird time. I don't know. 86, I know the album hadn't right? been released yet, because we didn't even know any of the songs, and uh, we went to see it. Yeah, <laughs> and then That's we funny. You, you mentioned, I want to get to Pantera in a bit, Brent, but you oh, mentioned yeah. Guns N' Roses. Um, our drummer, Will Carroll, went to see The Cult with Guns N' Roses opening, and he right. didn't hear Guns N' Roses. He was a big Cult fan. He went into the show, bought a Cult shirt, Saw Guns N' Roses open. As soon as he was done, he went and returned his Colt shirt for a Guns N' Roses shirt. Wow. <laughs> yeah. How big was that when they came out and did that tour, right? It was like it was like the label was even like, nah, don't worry, don't worry about the album. Just just put them on the stage, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's wow. a different time where you yeah. you could play songs when your album's not even out and people dug it and radio played it, but no one was pirating it. Except if you were on the radio and you hit record on your cassette tape to get it. But no one was like, there was no way to <laughs> share it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Back then, now it's like the digital world. So oh, Yeah, yeah. there's no mystique so, about the songs anymore, unfortunately. But you're right, though. It's like, man, have you heard Guns N' Roses? Who? Yeah. <clears throat> Where do I hear this? Well, you can't really hear it yet. But here's a clip that I found. Yeah, totally, totally. Brent, you discovered Pantera. What year was that? Well, it would have been on Vulgar. So I was, it was okay. after, it was after Cowboys from Hell. And it was interesting because, you know, I joke with Chris all the time that I'm way younger, but not really. I'm 45. But I, but I was late to, I had the, the, um, the older cousin who was into the Maidens and, and Ozzy yeah. and all that stuff. And I had a good friend of mine, Jason Parson, yo, Jay from this little town. And we would walk around with a ghetto blaster, mm-hmm. blasting Ozzy and all these things. And then one time there was like a Pantera song and i was like what's that and then we went to see skid row pantera to the grind tour yeah absolutely and skid row pantera and the killer dwarfs in uh peterborough ontario and the i just remember the killer dwarfs it was funny because they were a big deal in canada and russ used to ride around on a tricycle and i got the trike at the end of the night somehow i had that trike up until like 10 years ago or something when I, before I moved here, I gave it away. But anyways, he used to ride this tricycle around on stage. You yeah. should have sold it. You should, I don't know where it went. Somebody's got it. Somebody's got it. And then I, and then I remember, um, so then Pantera comes out with a strobe light and a wall of amps. And I'm like, whoa. And they just annihilated the place. And this was before Phil was, was basically unaccessible to people because he would just walk around in a crowd afterwards. And I just remember it changing. Like literally that was the moment that it completely changed for me for the most part. Metallica at uh, Monsters of Rock. Check this out. Aerosmith, Metallica, The Black Crows, and Warrant. Mm-hmm. That wow. was the Monsters of Rock tour in 88 well. or 89. Yeah. And um, I remember going there. <laughs> forgive me, gentlemen. I remember going there as a Warrant and a uh, as a Warrant and sort of like I was there for Aerosmith, Warrant. It was the Black Crows first show. And Metallica for me at the time was like, that was on the beginning of the justice tour basically. And I remember kind of being like, isn't this going to be too heavy? Cause in Toronto we only had Q107 and I didn't have access to Chris's friends. So it was like, whatever was on Q107 is what you listen to. <laughs> so yeah. Metallica, 50,000 people going, die, die. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, they're here for them. They're not here for Aerosmith or Warren. And that's where I kind of went, Whoa. And so th- that kind of brought me into that really heavy stage. And then Pantera, just took, took it me, to the next level. Took it to the next level. I never looked back after that Peter Bower show. And if you wow, two things. 
if you listen, I read Sebastian Bach's book. I don't know if you've got it. He talks about taking them out and, and he likes to take a little bit of credit for, for breaking them. And I, I got to give it to Skid Row. They definitely uh, broke them in Canada anyways on that tour. Um, yeah. But uh, they just, you know, in my opinion, they just destroyed, you know, they really had to make Skid Row go up in their performance because they were just destroying every night. And that's a hard act to follow. Um, but um, backstage at that show, Chris, at that Monsters of Rock, mm-hmm. you know who was there? Everyone was there. <laughs> Everyone- oh, watch it. Everyone was there. Like Skid Row were there. Bon Jovi were there. Yeah. Motley Crue were there. Everyone well, was, was in town. They hadn't backstage. quite released Injustice, right? And they were playing a few tracks from it. Am I correct? Uh, that's a good question. I believe it was out because I went the next day okay. to Lindsay, Ontario, to my cousin's place and demanded that he give me justice. Because right. I saw and a tour he, where they were just, and I remember hearing Harvester of Sorrow and it hadn't been released yet. And that boom, 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 boom. And it was like, oh my gosh, this is right. Still in their wheelhouse, right? Because you worry when you're a fan of a band and their next album comes out when they're popular. It's like, oh no, you know, is, is it going to be all keyboard now in Metallica? What's going to happen? And then yeah, they played yeah. that live and it was great. So that would have been Answer, uh, yeah. earlier or the, the Metallica. Yeah, that would have been probably 84, 85 because they would have gone after that but pantera for me was was it and then um you know ted i'm sure you've got a pantera memory you probably even either play shared a stage with them or at the very least with um vinnie with hell yeah or whatever when that moved on or damage plan i'm not sure i'll show you this so I, I snuck out to grab it so this is the last picture of dime in vancouver oh i remember that there you go buddy. wow okay wow. so he had just played with um he had just played with um damage plan i was in town on a tour i was tour managing a band i was in town on a tour and my buddy um pete had called me and let me just maximize that so the people at home can see that for a second because it's worth seeing um there we go look how um, young you are there what do you do? i know look at that i did i couldn't do this then um <laughs> but uh so yeah so they he came out and was doing some stuff and and signed a few things for people and i wasn't much of a signing guy but uh they're like, hey, do you want a picture with Dime? And I was like, sure. And he comes off the bus. I got the picture with him. That was in May. And then everything bad happened in December, unfortunately. Um, and I had a chance to share that picture with Vinny down the road. Nice. Um, uh, that it was, and it was, uh, it was kind of had a made a moment for me with him, which was great. And then, of course, sadly, that happened to him. Uh, you know, he tragically passed away as well. So um, I run, I run deep with that band. That, that they've changed my my world drastically. I- I could see that. I mean, I remember them coming out the first time I saw them. I think it was in 90, Cowboys from Hell. And they played a club in San Francisco with suicidal tendencies. It was them and suicidal. Jesus Christ. And, and I, thought th- I thought it was great. I was like, cool. But as they got bigger, I, I mean, I liked them. I've seen them. They didn't hit me like I, they hit a lot of people. But I totally respect what they did and who they influenced and how, the people they touched. Because during that time in the 90s, when metal was dead, they kept it alive. Well, so Ted, and to the that. point of what we talked about earlier, though, is that sonically, I, I had never heard anything like it. Because oh, yeah. all the 80s hair bands kind of had the same producers, right? Everyone wanted the same producers, which isn't too different than metal now. Everyone, you know, there was that 2000, early 2000s, when, or 96, 97, when everyone wanted Ross Robinson. And then it moved on to... Uh, then it moved on to Rick Rubin for a bit and then Corey Church, like then Churko, like everyone's kind of has, you know, they all want to work with certain producers. I found that like in the eighties, everyone, you know, you'd be checking the liner notes and everyone was looking for the same, you know, what producers and sonically I'd never heard anything like vulgar display of power. Was it, it was I, Terry Date, right? Terry Date. It was Terry Date. Yeah. Cowboys from Hell is a little closer to what things sounded like. 
Like it's still produced sort of, it has that sort of like late eighties, early night, late, late eighties kind of tint sound to it. Mm-hmm. But then vulgar display came out and I'm like, I've never heard anything like this. And then far beyond driven came out and I was like, I've never heard anything like this. Yeah, those are great albums. Yeah. Use my third arm on that record. Ted sounds like they're building a car. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. I know right? what you mean. I've, I've heard those albums there and, they're great sonically. You know what I mean? They're just, especially. I've never heard anything like it. Especially I, from one guitar player. Oh, yeah. You know, one yeah. guitar player. Because a lot of metal bands, you're relying on that second guitar player to hold it down while the dude does leads. But Pantera's like, they went for that Van Halen vibe, but on, on steroids. You get what mm-hmm. I mean? But I mean, I'm not saying Phil the David Lee Roth, but you get what I'm saying. You know, that four piece type deal. Oh, and yeah. you know what? I mean, but you have to, I think, when when it came down to um, Vulgar and, you know, all that stuff, I think the drums had to be influenced by Justice. The Justice record, uh, the clicky, the clicky drums. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think the Justice started it and Vinny took it and made it better. You know who else did that too was Prong. Prong's oh, yeah. Prong's a great man. Beg to differ. Love that album. To, yeah. Oh, Dude, we could go that was right here. around that area too, and everything was yeah, just. Chris like, introduced they, they you were, to Prong, and their I last. I did introduce you to Prong. That's their right. last album they put out, like like what three, four years ago, was is amazing. Yeah, because they had the so same artist guy, that Puss Face guy, did their uh, the same art as the Metallica stuff. Yeah. That, that some of the stuff. They did. I didn't. I, uh, Prong should have been as big as you know Pantera and all them. I don't think they got the uh, the credit credit they deserve because they influenced a lot of bands. I think. I remember being out with Corn last year. I was out with Corn and Alice in Chains uh, when we were doing a run. And they were Corn was talking about going out in January or something. They were going to do a run. I think they did it with breaking Benjamin and a couple of other things. And they were just joking around. We need a we need a third. I'm like I just yelled from the uh, down the hall. I'm like prong. And one of the guys was like, "Holy fuck, prong! Yeah, we should have prong." <laughs> and it was like, yeah, cause they just put a record out and they would have slayed that show. But yeah, it's funny. <laughs> well, let me flip the script here, if you don't mind, Brent. Yeah. You work for Live Nation. What do you do? Me, I run, I basically am a, a, a promoter rep for them um, on a grander scale than you would have locally. I'm a tour director. I basically put tours together. Well, sorry, my, let me go backwards. The tour has been booked. Then yeah. they hand it, they basically, in essence, hand it to me to connect with the production manager, the tour manager, everybody, all the venues, all the local reps to, to get it across wherever we're going. And then I handle wow. all the ticketing accounting um, out there. Plus um, I'm the go-to on any kind of, um, how do I explain it? If it makes it to my desk, it's a problem, right? So <laughs> gotcha. there's five le- there's five levels of things that got to go wrong. And then they come to my desk. If they come to my desk, then I got to go and solve it. So it's usually, you know, we're having a, you know, like weather and cancellations and things like yeah. that or sick band member or can't like oh, that when it gets to me, that's, that becomes more my wheelhouse. All my work is preliminary done, sorry, pr- preliminarily leading into a tour, which is bringing everything together, all the moving parts together to make sure it goes. And then once we're on tour, if I've done my job properly, um, it's hopefully flowing nice. You've got a good production manager and so it's in a nice little zone. So with, yeah. with, lo- with lots of coffee, huh? <laughs> Brent is the coffee guy, man. Lots you of coffee there. Holy you know what? Shit. I'll, I'll tell you this because I'm always fascinated by the behind the scenes stuff in my band. I'm always hanging out with the tour managers. I'm always hanging out with the crew. I'm the one that gets up early. I'll go in with the tour manager. I like to 
hang out with the crew. What's going on here? What time did you load in? Is there a problem? They go up. Oh, you know, when there's problems, I like to know what problem happened. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I sit with the tour manager like, okay, I got to deal with the promoter. I, I'll sit there and how they interact, what's going on. Yeah. Production. I, I love the behind the scenes stuff. I'm always fascinated by it. I love talking to promoters. I love talking to booking agents, manager. I just like to soak up all that knowledge. That's how it started. Chris and I were in a band together for years and it was kind of like someone had to drive the van. I was the non-drinker for the most part and yeah. booked some shows. And that yeah, you're the straight edge guy in the band. It so kind of took me into that world. And then yeah. as I got further down there and as my drumming playing dwindled in my, in my, in my, not my curiosity of the behind the scenes side of it raised, that's when I made the switch to this world. Is that um, something you would like to do, Ted, in the future? I, I do, you know, I like to, you know, one of these days, you know, soak up as much knowledge as I can. And I want to, I want to get into managing bands, but if it's going to be managing bands, it's got to be a band I'm really into. Like yeah. I have to be a fan. You know what I mean? I just don't want to do it to go, well, it's a paycheck. <laughs> You'll right. get 10% here. I want to be into it. You know, I want to, you know, just learning a lot. Like I like to get down and go, you know what, man? how about we do this? How about we, you know, I want to get involved with the routing, you know, I want to get involved with the marketing, the, the tours like, okay, you want a bus, you want a van, you could come home with this money if you want to go in a van or you could come home with that much money if you want to go with a bus, but you'll be comfortable, you know, all the plan A, plan B, plan C, okay, what kind of crew do you need? You know what I mean? What are you looking for? I love that stuff. I do it for our band all the time. Nice. I do it. Well, I was going to say, how, like, involved, like, how involved are you in the in the side of it with your act uh, management and stuff? Are they like, oh, there's Ted on the phone again, calling us about routing? Very <laughs> involved. You know what I mean? I mean, like, are you self managed though, or are you guys a part of a bigger management company? Self managed, but I, yeah. I handle I handle the bulk of it. The bulk really, of it. I I deal with the the booking agents, the label. Um, well, that's I, interesting. I, I get all the crew to come in. Yeah, you know I mean, and I deal with accounting. And, you, know uh, you need that 20%, Ted. You guys need that. You know, you need, no, but I'm saying that 20% is yeah. the difference between your band touring and not touring. Yeah. But then again, I do. there's, there's pros and cons. Excuse me. That's my dog, but who cares? <laughs> Sometimes you, you, you need that management to get you to the next level because you could only do so much. You get what I mean? But if there was a man, like if there was a manager, I'd like to be hands-on with the manager like i need to be copied on all the emails that you sent mm-hmm. <laughs> i want to know what is going on you know what i mean yeah like, it's i the way i see it with um the way the landscape is now those days of you know big managers over like let us take care of it just go out and play i think it's a partnership same with the label you know what i mean you got to get you know it's your band you got to come up with a plan of how you want your band tell these people and they sh- managers shouldn't get you to a place where you want to go they have to help you get there there's a difference you get what i mean the manager shouldn't just go i i'll get you there no 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 i don't want you to get me there i want you to help me get me there because i want to learn what goes on because a manager could if a manager just decides to okay dude i'm done with you and he dealt with everything and you don't know nothing you can be all starting from zero I need to be involved in every step of the way. That's just how I I run. Mm-hmm. It's funny, Chris. Yeah. We Chris and I we we slogged and slogged and slogged. And I'll tell you, there's two things right now. Um, it's never been easier to break, and it's never been harder to break. <laughs> it's never what, right now. 
Well, it's never been easier to break with what you have access to with booking oh. your own tours and the oh, right. and all these things and getting your stuff out there. So it's never been easier to break, but it's also never been harder to break That's because you, it's, they're both happening at the same time. Exactly. Because exactly. you've got, you're, you're talking about tax returns, Ted, and like why band, like, you know, that's managing life and careers and money at that KISS level and all the rest of it. It's not even a thing anymore. It's, it's, it's an enterprise, but you guys are managing, you know, you guys have to manage every micro manage every single expense, which, you know, and a Brian from Tesla told me, I talked to Brian from Tesla on my show on my other show that I have a little while ago. And he was like, if I don't manage us, I don't think we, we make it. Mm. Yeah, because they got to get it. They got to kick I, it up. Yeah, I get it. I mean, there's some people. It's very hard to find someone who could help you out and be loyal. You got to mm. mean and be, be honest. I, I guess what Q Prime is a good one. Um, yeah. Who manages Iron Maiden is a good one. I forgot his name. You know, all those people. It's hard to find, but you still have to be involved. I mean, when you get to that level, you could let go of a few things. I mean. I never been at that level, but I'm pretty sure you could let go of a few things, but you're still involved in a way. You get what I mean? You can't, you know, you know, it's a bit with touring too. You know, it's like anyone could fuck you. Promoters could fuck you. Anybody. Mm -hmm. You you just got to watch out. That's all. I just, I just want to be cool and be fair. What's fair for the band? You know, I'm not asking for, you know, I've seen some bands go, I need, I'm so-and-so. I need a bottle of this. No, man, just, you know, we'll get a bottle now and, you know, don't worry about whatever. <laughs> yeah. that, that, it's tough. I think it would be tough to find somebody who you could not only trust, but somebody who also knows what they're doing, right? I can see finding one or the other, but finding both, you got to look inside your your inner circle, I guess, right, Ted? Yeah, yeah. It's hard. You know, it's hard, but it's it's a good learning experience. And maybe one day I'd like to take that knowledge and just run with it with a band and see what happens, you know? And the more I talk to people, I love picking people's brains. I like you know, I, I always like asking questions and, you know, maybe one day I'm going to sit down with Brent face to face. So how did that tour go? What did you do? Uh, I mean, you know call me anytime, dude. You know that. We got, <laughs> yeah, uh, like, text we got me time. anytime, call me anytime. It's all good. Yeah, like, it's what no happened, problem. you know? You know, because I'm, I'm always curious, like, you know, didn't you get bands with hierarchy? You know, well, I don't want them to have enough room on stage. And, you know, you get those little logistics and those little things. I'm like, why, I don't why charge. I don't way? charge for my time. The only thing I ask is that you let Chris design your next album cover. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, that'd be cool. I'm a, <laughs> he is a, he is a published comic book artist. Yeah, I'm, I, I have a, I am a published comic. That's what I do now. Ted is I'm a published wow. comic artist. That's, really? Yeah. There it is. One of my books there. <laughs> wow. wow. That's more of the cartoony style, but I do all comic. Yeah. Yeah. Fun it, stuff. You, you get it. Is it your own? Or you get it? out in stores or you get it in it's a, I sell it all online it's in local stores here in Canada I don't have anything in the states but I've sold a ton online to the states it's gone as far as uh, Australia as far as I've gotten my comic book there. wow dude. it's going well yeah. I love it it's, it's so much fun you know I just as you're saying, the passion into something, right? And that's, my wife handles the whole business side of it, which, which you're nice. mentioning. And, and I wouldn't be able to do this without her taking care of that. Like, sure, I do the drawing and I send it to her and she formats it, sends yeah. it off to the printer, you know, d- gets all the payments through Etsy and through our internet payments. And I, I, no idea what goes on other than I draw it and write it. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. So but, but, you're, but, but see, you, you, you have a wife that takes care of it. Now, if it was someone else, exactly, you, you, you'd probably, Hey man, what's going on here? Let me let me see the books or something. You get what I mean? But it's exactly life, the love of your life. You, you know, the love of my wife. I, she was taking care of all this stuff. I wouldn't question it, but every now and then I go, let me check it out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you don't feel bad doing that, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't. 
you know, it's, you know, but I think everyone should pay attention. It's, it's, it's our livelihood, you know, Ted, it's yeah. The record is coming out on mm-hmm. what, November, November the 26th. Is that what I saw? Yep. This? November the 26th, black Friday in the United States. Awesome. The yeah. bastard tracks. Yes. Which is rad. Uh, such a great catch- idea. Testament, Exodus, and Death Angel on tour. Chris's dream tour, really. Yeah, that's not a wasted moment. If you could add two bands to that, Chris, what else would it be? Well, I'd like to see Nuclear Assault in there. Wow. And I would like to see Prawn. I think Prawn, throw those two bands in there, man. And I'm like that. that, Like, well, let's put it this way. Like 20-year-old, 18-year-old Chris would be just like falling over. That's like, (laughs) man. Man. I think he'd also add Armored Saint in there too, likely. Oh, dude, the new Armored Saint, their latest record is amazing, it's dude. It's amazing. Dude, speaking of that that lineup, that tour did Europe in February, March 2020. We called it was the Bass Tracks Back Tour. We we called it the tour that ended all tours. What? The, the bands that I just named? No, no. The no. Testament X. Oh, oh, right. Yes, yes. Because when we got back from Europe on March 12th, the shutdown happened a couple of, couple of days after. Ah. Uh, and that tour, the tour that too, was man. right behind us was Creator, uh, Lamb of God, and Power Trip. Oh, right on. Right. And they had to cancel because, you know, we only, we did five weeks. We had to cancel two shows because of COVID. Then we came home, boom, all the world shut down. And then everybody shut down. Yeah. Everyone shut down. So, you know, but hey, you know, we're alive. We're here talking to each other. It's a mm-hmm. great thing. You know, we just got to. We just got to pivot and figure out ways to stay connected. And, you know, that's why we're making did, new music. That's how you connect. Yeah. Everybody. Connect, you, you know, on the socials. We did the stream. We were fortunate enough to capture it on video, which is going to be on a Blu-ray. And we can't. I don't see audio. it on here. Is the Blu-ray part of that CD package there? Yes, it is. Awesome. It's a CD nice. Blu-ray. Very cool. Vinyl. So we, we have something to, you know, release until we get a new record out. So that's this great. is for the interim. Well, I appreciate you coming on with us today, buddy. That was yeah, really Ted. nice of you to make the time and uh, come on a little show like this. But we're having a lot of fun doing these. Dude, things, man, dude, so. I, I I don't mind, dude. It's 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 one of those things you, you make it go around. I have people on my stream. If people ask me to join their streams, like why not, man? Let's just let's have a mm-hmm. conversation, dude. Let's have mm-hmm. fun, dude. Let's talk music. Let's hopefully the next stream we could talk about coffee, dude. I'm a huge coffee. Yeah, guy. there you go. You come on my show for yeah. that one. Yeah, dude. Because oh, I'm a, come on I'm my a, show for that I'm, one. I'm more of a mocha guy. But I do love cappuccinos, espressos. And well, and I got, uh, I'm, I'm bugging Ray right now from Corn. Uh, I got Fitz from Slash's band. He's a good friend of mine and he's been on this show a bunch. A big coffee head. Frank from Slash's band. All of Slash's band actually should just have their own roastery. Um, <laughs> but uh, Ray, I got a bunch of guys coming on. We're going to talk touring and COVID and all the rest of it. So you're welcome to join that anytime, buddy. It's right on, good. man. Right and on. We're do that. Uh, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. Uh, can we just, let's just confirm where we can find you online where if ever, I got you here at, uh, at your Instagram, correct? That's correct. Look at that. Modern technology. Beautiful. It's great. It's right up there. Uh, deathangel.us for the website yep. uh, and, and at deathangel on Twitter and uh, some other places. And I got to tell you, thank you so much that you're doing some promotion for us on all your platforms. Mm-hmm. And uh, we really, really appreciate it. So uh, that's great. I love it when the bands help out. <laughs> dude, dude it's, it's, we're all in this together. That's yeah. the way I look at it. You know, you guys are doing something to promote bands. And it's, you know what? It's, you know, this, before we close out this whole pandemic thing, it's, I try to look at a positive side of it. It sucked. Okay, the world shut down. 
we can tour, but it got me to, you know, reconnect at home more, stay at home, you know, reconnect, you know, with family and friends and mm -hmm. to think about a lot of things. It's, man, life's too short, man. Let's just have a good time. Let's help each other out in this whole scene. And, you know, let's, let's all make each other successful in our own way and have a good time doing it. No drama. Mm -hmm. Save that for your mama. And let's <clears throat> drink some coffee, Brent. Yes. <laughs> I'm in. I'm all the way in. Yeah. That's Ted with Death Angel, uh, our new uh, and our new friend. Thank you so all much, right. man. And come back Thanks, anytime. Ted. You're welcome back anytime. And, all right. Uh, we'll talk coffee next time. Uh, Let's do it. All right, guys. We'll see you in Canada here sooner than later, buddy. Hopefully some other than Lee's Palace will play the Opera House in Vancouver. We'll play... I don't care. We'll play the rickshaw too. We've got, oh, a, cool. we've got well, a local promoter friend in Kingston. Ontario. I'm in Kingston. Okay. Um, and if you ever need any hookups here, I am on the uh, live music council. So okay. we, we, well, we got big hall. We've had um, like, we've had Elton John's played here. Oh, we've nice. had Bob Dylan play here. Um, like some Great big, town. big, bigger names. Um, Skid Rose Great played town. here. Nice. Great town. Great town. Well, hopefully we could be on a live nation tour. Brent, wink. There you go. Wait, if wait. I had any pull on that, <laughs> I mean, well, I yelled prong down the hall. It didn't work. So uh, they didn't, they went with something else, but uh, hopefully we will connect out there somewhere, buddy on the road. One we day. will, we will. All, All right, right, guys. Thanks. Thanks man. buddy. Here's Ted. Take Later. care. Well, that's a rad dude now, isn't it? Right. Thanks man. Super rad guy. You kidding me, man. Thanks so much uh, to him for coming on, man. That was great. Making the time. Um, and, uh, you know, just the, the guests just keep coming. This is great. We're having a, it's like three big weeks in a row. One, one mystery week, but that's good. <laughs> yeah. And I think you got a new partner there for your, for your, for work. Yeah. There you go. Ted, uh, call me anytime, buddy. Anytime. Well, so the coffee and the business side of things, right? Yeah. That was really, yeah. really cool. That, that's yeah. rad. No, because it's funny because usually the gentlemen on our show and, and it's fine are, are more of the, woo, I got this toy over here and you know, I did this and I did that. And, and, uh, and, um, Ted's Ted's very uh, he's got a good noggin on his shoulders there, man. Not that the other guests don't, but his uh, you know coffee and business. It's funny because very much your your approach, right? Mm -hmm. Because when we were all together, you were always the guy that drove, and me and Dent knew we could have those extra twelve beer and, and smoke whatever <laughs> we wanted to, right? You know, and be a little yeah. late hanging around. But uh, it, it's it's always decent to talk to get get that side of uh, the guys yeah. in bands because also another. Um, perceived notion is that everybody in bands is like, yo, dude, yeah, I don't know. I'd show up and get my paycheck, write my riffs, you know. Ted's it's so dude. tough to make money right now. And the thing is, yeah. a band like Ted's like, you know, Death Angel are busy and they, but those bands got to play, you know, to 100, 150 shows a year. Yep. Well, you got to have, as not, Ted said, you, know, you need that guy on it's, the inside. It's, it's, uh, it's strength in numbers and you got to keep yeah. going. And, um, you know, you look at, even we had um, Matt from Trivium on a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago. They just opened for Metallica in Orlando. They got the call. So this is a band that has sold a ton of records that is doing very well. That is doing, you know, some serious business out there. I would deem them as successful. They bought an airplane hangar. They did the whole thing. And came on our show. But then they gave a call. Can you open for Metallica? Yep. It probably paid them $500, right? right? But it's just like a funny kind of thing. Probably a little bit more, but you know what I'm saying. It's, I know what you're saying. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, like it was it. one of those things where you just got, but to have you know a band move ahead and still get excited about playing with bands because that's the one thing that I was touching on earlier. But it's 95% business and 5% music, mm -hmm. and people don't understand that equation. Even when you're making a record, it's business. Mm -hmm. So the music portion is when the music comes out and you're on stage. 
That's it. The rest of it is everything else. It's the machine. And a guy like Ted in Death Angel, who was a fan first, who's now in the band, Mm -hmm. can look at it from that perspective, but then help guide the ship. They've got to work really, really hard to maintain a career. Uh, And that's a Grammy-nominated metal band. So that should show everybody that, you know, it isn't all crystal and uh well so i was saying too yeah it's like to see somebody come in who's actually got the head on the shoulders is like no you know what i was more interested you know yeah there's a lot of i could have drank that tequila but you know what i was more interested in is is where the money's going you know what i mean Mm. and then the other guys how many bands and how many people have no clue well yeah so and we as i say like we haven't really had uh Anybody on that uh, was into the business side, like that was interesting. It was good to see it. I, it was funny though because he likes likes his coffee and he wants to run the rock shows. Brand, you gotta <laughs> definitely get that. And guy it's in so there, funny because I'm on a forum. I'm on a, I, I, every now and again I jump on a on a forum um, with these touring people and and there's all sorts of people and this is very funny to me. So I get on there. Um, I get asked to come on as a guest to speak about touring and maybe where the touring is going to go. And Ted's on there. Oh. from death angel and i'm like okay and then there was all these other people and then the next time it was the singer from queens right not jeff tate but the new guy and i was like okay and today i come on i went on today for like about 30 minutes to talk about some covid stuff and a few other things and who's on there noel from inertia in toronto oh right right that, 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 that runs the that runs the uh the venue downtown downtown on queen across uh, queen and spadina we used to play there all the time with caliber and, and machete and oh. and anyways noel but noel was like one of the promoters and there he is on the call and he's slugging it out trying to put shows together but because he can't because it's toronto he's still in it grinding it out so there's more grinding people than there is rock stars yeah don't, don't let the person on stage fool you it's a grind it is it's a grind mm-hmm. you know so so is uh you know banging out a podcast the grind this is the easy part it's the rest of it the the 95 percent business and and the 95 percent promotion it Mm -hmm. every aspect of what we all do you with the comic book you know well as i mentioned lonnie yeah you you know you draw you create you guys together color you do the whole thing and then you got to promote the shit out of it yeah Twitter's really helping. And by the way, I'm almost at a thousand. So I'm almost there, man. So I'm doing my live videos. Oh, that's on, uh, not on Twitter. That's on TikTok. My TikTok is doing really well. Yes. I just, I'm at 1100 on the old TikTok. I went live the other day for fun to try it out, cooking some food. And then I switched over to Insta. And it was funny because I had all that, I had some TikTok people and they don't tell you how many are watching. So I'm kind of like, whatever. And then I pulled out and I was like, it had like 200 people watching. And I'm like, Okay. I don't know if they were watching, but they had tuned in at some point. And so mm-hmm. I said, okay, I'm going to go to Insta and this is my Insta and I'm going to go over there. So then all of a sudden I had like 10 people, 12 people add me on Insta and then they joined me on the Insta live. Nice. I was cooking like a pasta sauce and there people were just hanging out. So, uh, yeah, it's funny. There's people like the um, pasta. Yeah. Well, I'm so, almost at a thousand. So I'm almost ready to go live myself. There, and get, when I go live, I mentioned I'm going to film some of this that we're doing and some of my, yeah. My comic stuff that I'm drawing. This is Beans. This is Darth Beans. That's the Beans. Beans just followed me home when we first moved here when we had our dog. This is Beans. So be nice to animals. 
So he's, he's a Make straight sure you follow Chris on You follow Chris on TikTok and Facebook and all the things. Thank you for following us yes. on all the things. Tell all your friends because, uh, you know, we're doing this and having a good time. And it's uh, Kids on the Escalator for another week on the Dean Blundell Network. Thank you to them and everybody over there. That is Chris Machete. Big thanks to our friend Ted from Death Angel. They are yeah, Ted. on tour with Exodus uh, and Testament, which is awesome, uh, which is really cool. And... We're also going to see a new record from them on the 26th called The Bastard Tracks. Decent. That's Decent. for the fans, man. That is for the fans. Decent. That's Decent. Kids on the Escalator. We're we shy of 90 minutes, uh, and we're doing that on purpose today. Good times. Rad dudes. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you next week. All right. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. Had, oh, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast. Heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon.